circle, yes, we rotate. 360 degrees, high, high, 360 degrees, high, high, 306, 306, 360 degrees, high, high. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program, broadcasting from right here at KPFA in Huchin, occupied Ohlone Territory, also known to settlers as Berkeley, California. This week on Full Circle, we will hear a short tribute to my cousin Tony, an Oakland native and beloved family man and football coach, Coach Tone, as he was known, passed away earlier this week. Then we will get an update on the fight to unionize Starbucks locations. I spoke with an SEIU local 1021 organizer. And we will close out the show with a new way of fighting crime before it happens. We will hear sounds from the first graduating cohort of the Mayor's Apprenticeship Program in Antioch. All that tonight on Full Circle. I am your host, Feeble and Franklin. I'm coming to you from downtown Antioch. This is Bay Miwok territory. Keep it locked right here to KPFA. All right, again, welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by apprentices and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. And yes, I am Freewell and Franklin, and I am your host tonight. And before I get on to the regular show, I want to give a big shout out to my family, and in particular, my cousin Tony's immediate family. My cousin Tony passed away unexpectedly of a heart attack on Wednesday evening. Atilua Tony Siona, or Coach Tone, as he was most affectionately known, was a huge Oakland figure, especially in high school football, where he got to let his passion for mentoring shine, helping all the kids he could, and not just in sports, but with life. And when I think of my cousin Tony, the first thing and the biggest thing I think of is family man. Tony was family over everything, his close family that he surrounded himself with, his extended family that was scattered throughout the state and the country, and his family of friends and students that he created as he made his way through the world. In fact, that's one of the biggest things that I look up to my cousin Tony for was that family affair that he was all about. And it's something that I don't have like he did, but it's something that I want and I could strive for, especially looking to my cousin Tony as an example. And his heart was so big, he loved and cared for everyone around him. Everyone. In fact, the city of Oakland just recognized him for that love and care when they wrote a proclamation in his honor just before he passed away. And I just want you all to hear what this proclamation proclamation says about my cousin Tony. It's titled, 
honoring Atilua Coach Tone, Tony, for his devoted service to East Oakland's youth. And then it says, Whereas Atilua Coach Tone, Tony, grew up in East Oakland, California, his family suffered from poverty early in life. As a young man, he had an affinity for making money, and his neighborhood, the Murder Dubs, he was often influenced to make some bad decisions because of this. But getting involved in sports eventually changed his life for the better, and whereas Coach Tone began to play high school football, where he would make quite a name for himself over four years and earn a dual scholarship to the University of Southern California, partial academic, partial athletic. The summer before he was supposed to leave for college, Tone made another poor choice that landed him in prison. Coach Tone lost his scholarship and destroyed the trust that he had with his parents. And whereas after two years, Coach Tone was released from prison and made a promise to his mother that he would never return to a lifestyle of crime. He was able to get a job and started community college within weeks of his release from prison. Coach Tone graduated with an associate's degree in business management and, whereas, with his entrepreneurial knowledge, Coach Tone strives to show children a way to create a brand and believe in what they are pushing to the public. His main goal for the future is to keep as many young children out of harm's way as possible. At Castlemont High School, Coach Tone now serves as junior varsity football coach, a youth counselor, and a community leader mentor for My Other Brother, a.k.a. The Mob, a K-12 organization rooted in mentorship, culture, and identity providing a sense of community to students to build solid foundations for success in their current school and prepare them for college and life. And now, therefore, be it resolved that I, Council Member Treva Reed of the City of Oakland, California, do hereby honor Atilua Coach Tone, Tony, for his devoted service to building safe spaces for East Oakland's youth to create agency for themselves. His exceptional leadership, compassion, and commitment have made a significant impact in empowering our children and providing them with opportunities to follow their dreams. Wow, that's my cousin Tony, Atilua Tony Siona. I'm going to leave you with Tony in his own words. You will see in many cases he loved talking about the kids he worked with and his football team, the Castlemont Knights, and of course his family and friends, and just great advice for anybody who happened to hear. What is really going on, y'all? This is a hell of a day out here in Hercules. JV took the win 30 to nothing, put a goose egg up on my defense side. Offense went stupid. Right now it's halftime. With our varsity up 24 nothing, it's looking like we might close them out too. Boy, persistence. Adversity creates greatness. Remember that. You said.
You know what it is. Y'all have a good night. What's cracking with my people out there? Man, last night was fun. Last night proved to me that we as good as we say we are, man. You know, minor mistakes, some slight adjustments, some some things we need to make right. But for the first game of the season, I can tell already that there's not going to be a lot of teams as strong as us. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I'm pretty excited for what's to come, man. Uh, shout out to my JV for taking their first win. Uh, shout out to the coaching staff for putting together a team within four days, putting them on the field and and pulling out the Vic. <laughs> I'll let your boy. And uh, shout out to my varsity players, but this is one step. Everybody came out to see y'all yesterday. It speaks volumes to what they think about us, even though they hate on us. Y'all keep hating. I ain't good at it. Y'all the best, though. Good morning, my wonderful people out there. I am right now in San Francisco, checking out dresses with uh, my daughter. And uh, damn, it's about to be the end. About to be the end of high school for my child. I'm gonna lie, I'm a little emotional about that. You know what I'm saying? But all good things come to an end. And the next part of our journey begins. And I'm just grateful and thankful that, you know, we worked hard enough to maintain, to make sure that our child got everything she needed to make it to this point in her life. Uh, just thankful, man. Happy Saturday, y'all. Peace. My beautiful people, what's happening out there? Just wanted to wish y'all a good day. You know what I mean? Give you some inspiration or something. And, uh, you know, know there's somebody out there rooting for you. That's me. I want you to win in every facet of life. I want you to beat everything that's in front of you. I want you to jump every obstacle you, you got to face. You know what I mean? And just run over that shit, man. Up the middle. That's where life is. You know? Uh, other than that... I pray for safety. I pray for, you know, if you got hate in your heart, I pray that you find a way to get rid of it. You know what I mean? If you got forgiveness in your heart, then forgive because that's for you, not for the other person. You know what I'm saying? For those out there grieving, I share your grief with you. Uh, I feel like I carry the weight of the world all the time, so I'll carry that pain with you, and uh, we can cry together. You understand? Anyway, I love y'all. Y'all be easy. It's been a long day without you, my friend, and I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. We've come a long way from where we began. Oh, I'll tell you all about it when I see you again, when I see you the planes we flew good things we've been through that i'll be standing right here talking to you about another path i know we love to hit the road and laugh but something told me that it wouldn't last had to switch up look at things different see the bigger picture those were the days hard work forever pays now i see you in a better place Talk about family when family's all that we got. Everything I would.
would do, you were standing there by my side And now you gon' be with me for the last ride It's been a long day Without you, my friend And I'll tell you all about it When I see you again, I see you again. We've come a long way, yeah, a long way. From where we began <laughs> You know we started oh, Again, a big shout out to my cousin Tone and the family. I'm going to move on to the regular Full Circle show now. And first up, I'm going to bring you just a short interview slash update on the movement to unionize Starbucks locations. Since December 2021, more than 340 Starbucks stores have voted to unionize. Since then, a coalition of organizations and unions have been organizing for a fair contract and nothing less. How has Starbucks responded? With the largest union-busting campaign in modern history. Workers and organizers are asking customers and allies to raise their voice in support of Starbucks workers' right to organize. And on August 7th, thousands of supporters took to future union Starbucks locations near them to be part of one of the largest distributed protests against the company to date. I went out to the Antioch location on Summersville Road, and I spoke with SEIU Local 1021 organizer, Brandon Dawkins. Go ahead. So I'm uh, Brandon Dawkins. I am the uh, vice president of organizing for SEIU Local 1021. 
and you know currently you know we're hitting you know all the starbucks stores you know pretty much not just in the area but you know all across the country you know we're doing an adopt a store action where we are uh informing customers on um, you know Starbucks union busting tactics and we are asking you know for Starbucks uh, customers to support the partners in their efforts of unionization when when uh, when you say union busting actions what have you seen as um, Starbucks workers what the corporate has done I mean there has workers that has been fired for organizing uh, Starbucks has shut down stores uh, for workers organizing um, you know they've even like you know fired managers or they've uh, moved managers into other stores, you know, just to stop the workers from organizing. So, yeah, we're here just to say that, you know, number one is not okay. Um, it should never be the right of a corporation uh, to tell the workers on whether they can join the union or not. That should be the choice. That choice should fall on the worker. And uh, what are you, you as the workers asking for from Starbucks? Uh, what are your demands as part of this action? Well, one of the demands we're asking for Starbucks to come to the table and negotiate fairly. Uh, one of the things that uh, you know Starbucks has done is that they'll show up, uh, they'll stay for like two or three minutes and they'll get up and leave. So we want Starbucks uh, corporate to come to the table negotiate fairly with the workers in addition to uh you know provide you know fair and safe working conditions for the workers that's just the name of few and um out here at the location in antioch how do you feel for support in the union in the store have you felt out the employees or you talk to the workers i mean we haven't you know really had like you know um you know like any mobilization out here in east contra costa county uh but we do have you know several unionized stores you know we have one in san francisco we have two in santa cruz one in capitola a few in the uh south bay um but then we have uh, also a unionized store in oakland uh, but right now you know we're just you know right now or today you know the purpose of this is just to educate the customers and get their support yeah, um, so tell us about the Adopt-A-Store. What's uh, the plan today and what are you all out doing? And where can people go online and look for the Adopt-A-Store um, actions? So uh, they can go to uh, Starbucks Workers United. Uh, they can Google that and they can find out where you know other Adopt-A-Stores are being held today. Um, I know that there is one in Berkeley. There's going to be one in Vallejo. Um, I'll be headed to San Francisco later on today to do a couple there. Um, but yeah, they can go there. Um, and then they can also go to Starbucks Workers United and uh, find out more information on the campaign and, you know, the next upcoming elections uh, for, you know, Starbucks. All right. And uh, if you're not out here trying to shut down the store, you don't have a huge crowd. Um, what do you want to tell the customers of Starbucks as someone that's out here organizing? Well, we want uh, Starbucks. We want Starbucks customers to come in, not only, uh, you know, give the workers a, a healthy tip, but also, you know, when they come in, let them know that they support unionization by when they ordering their drink, tell them that their name is union, tell them that their name is solidarity and let the workers know that they do support unionization of Starbucks workers. All right, and can I get your name one more time for the record? I'm Brandon Dawkins. I am the vice president of organizing for SEIU Local 1021. All right, thank you, Brandon. Yep, thank you. Appreciate it. All right, that was SEIU Local 1021 organizer Brandon Dawkins. And if you missed those websites, we will, of course, post a link on our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show tonight. So check that out. 
Also, a quick reminder that was streamed live on our Facebook page as it happened. So go to First Voice Media on Facebook and you can check out that video and scroll through some of our other recent videos. We're now going to go out with this last music break, the Fight for 15 official music video. It's from a few years ago, but it's still a good one. It features A.D., Arsonisto, Brittany, and LV. It's produced by Core. Check this out, and we'll see you on the other side. You have to understand. You have to be Christ. You How you feel? CEOs getting mega paid. Why you barely making minimum wage? The first time I put that pen to a page, when I realized I couldn't be the government slave, I got the same attitude from back in the day. Now I got bigger bills, bigger problems to deal with, but I'm still sick. Lance Armstrong being broke is a position that ain't that comfy. What's on the menu? Bread and lunch meat, and I ain't even getting paid till next week. It's getting cold, so it's time to invest in heat. The streets cold, so I had to invest in heat. They sleep on technique, so I bless these beasts. And I ain't even gotta explain how stressed I be. Life ain't perfect, but it's all worth it. So systematic, we part of that circuit. Robotic at work when I'm counting them pyramids. If you're naive, then I know you ain't hearing this. Hundreds of years, everybody been fearing this. Greedy ass system that's coming to an end. I got bills galore, I need my bread up. Am I the only person in this room that's fed up? No. Obama, man, I'm trying to get paid, but can we please get a raise on minimum wage? Yo, what up, baby? What up, Adonis? Let's be honest, we're all fed up. I could care less about an overhyped election. If it ain't gonna put a country in the right direction, Republican or Democrat, real talk, who gives a crap? A big soap opera, every time they televise, you know they be telling lies, everything is getting high except our wages. How we supposed to live a lies if we're just slaving? All we get is minimum system keeps on killing us. President don't give a f his foreign policy is gonna trigger World War Three. Messing up our reputation, killing other countries, forcing our beliefs like a super dictator. When we can barely solve the problems in our own neighborhoods, put our troops anywhere to get the dirty work done. So the military, I would never sign up for. Cause I'm worth more than a pawn in your operation. My voice will ring until I wake the world's population. Refuse to be a modest slave to society. So come my sister, hit her with the melody. You know two gallons of gas in this state equal one hour of pay at minimum wage? Yeah, maybe I'm just thinking too hard. Maybe me and my folks ain't really that far. And one of these countries of the third world, I couldn't complain. My dollar would be worth more, but how they worth a five dollar in our own country at issue? All our meals gotta come up off the dollar menu. Beautiful truth, I'ma make the whole world hear you. Beautiful truth, I'ma make the whole world feel you. How you gon' fight capitalism being quiet? How you gon' fight racism? When you ain't got no plan How you gon' live your life When your ass won't fight Don't say what you don't like If you just a pass back Don't say that you a radical If you ain't felt that life Rebel against them If they try to take your right But stay at home And join no cable with me
the struggle is just us. So grab tu familia y dile a lucha. Estamos peleando todos los diablos que son nuestros jefes y gobierno. No podemos rendirnos, somos de Chicago. This life is hard, so hard I must go. So call oppressors, no we're at your throat. This life is hard, so hard I must go. Hey, twin of five, hell nah, we can't go. You're listening to Full Circle on 94.1 FM, KPFA and KPFA.org. I'm your host tonight, Freewell and Franklin. And on August 3rd, the city of Antioch graduated the first cohort of the Mayor's Apprenticeship Program. The Mayor's Apprenticeship Program, a.k.a. MAP, was developed as an alternative way to fight crime in the city by giving the youth of Antioch a chance to work for the city. The mayor and city staff held a graduation ceremony where the participants were awarded with uh, their certificates. Here is some excerpts from that event, starting with MC Sarita Webb, the municipal fellow for the mayor's office. In 2021, Mayor Thorpe introduced legislation that would create a program aimed at hiring young adults that may be justice involved that builds a new foundation that over time will strengthen Antioch. Next, I'd like to invite Maserat Kepral, the Youth Service Network Manager for the City of Antioch, to give us an overview of the program. The manager holds a bachelor's, a bachelor's degree in English and biochemistry, a master's in journalism, and a master's in public administration from Rutgers University in New Jersey, one of the top nationally ranked public universities in our country. Hello, good morning and welcome. As Sarita so wonderfully said, my name is Mansa Cabral and I am the Youth Services Network Manager for the City of Antioch. Please, another round of applause for our amazing cohort one of the MAP program. Thank you, Mayor Thorpe and Council. This is a momentous occasion, and it really is about the eight young adults finishing strong. Right now, we have a few of them that couldn't make it, but I would be remiss if I didn't congratulate thoroughly the beautiful faces of Donald, JT, Marcellus, Ivan, Christian, and Mr. Perry. The Mayor's Apprenticeship Program is a program geared towards assisting transitional-aged youth with workforce development skills. With the amazing partnership of Rubicon Programs, this program was able to be 1,000% successful. Public Works, as well, allowed the students and the young adults to be able to be placed in the field doing collections, landscape, and um, GIS. Again, thank you, Public Works. If I can say one thing, it would be to always continue to come, 
to always continue to show up the way you do with your beautiful, brilliant faces working strong. This has been a six month program, but it took about a year and a half, two years to actually implement. And it couldn't have been, it couldn't have been possible without our director Johnson, as well as the city of Antioch. Thank you. Thank you, manager. And to all, all of our participants, as part of this long and exhaustive process, the city selected Rubicon programs to assist us in training, development, and case management. Next, we'll hear from the CEO of Rubicon programs, Dr. Carol Dorham Kelly. Dr. Kelly earned a bachelor's degree in psychology and criminology at Fresno State University and earned an MA in counseling, family and human services, and a doctorate in counseling psychology from the University of Oregon. Good morning. How are we doing this morning? Um, thank you uh, for this opportunity to speak on behalf of Rubicon programs and to join in the celebration. I'm looking at y'all because you are why we are here. I'm so proud of our first cohort of Mayor's Apprenticeship Program trainees. So Montserrat has already called out the six of your names, but I also want to call out the two of your sisters who couldn't be here today, Tashiana Brown, as well as Arshanti Green, who successfully completed the program. Um, so congrats to all of you and more to come, right? This is not the end, right? Okay, not the end. So Rubicon Programs. Rubicon Programs is a 50-year-old nonprofit organization here in the East Bay. We um, provide services to adults, so 18 and over, for economic mobility. Well, what does that mean? Is that workforce services? Is that therapy? What is that? That's everything, right? So we are a wraparound organization really centered and our mission is around economic mobility for adults in our communities who are disconnected from opportunity. Right? That's a, one way to put it. If you go to our website, you'll see our mission, our vision. But I really like to just break it down because we are a whole person, whole services organization. And we have been so excited and thrilled to have this opportunity to partner with the city um, to provide a young adult program, transitional age youth. Right? We know that young people, this is a very vulnerable time in life. 18 to 24, 18 to 30, we know that our young people are not necessarily ready always to fly in the world on their own, right? So if you don't take anything else from this program, know that you have a village. Look around you and see all these people that have contributed to the program, that are committed to being here with you as you wrap up this first phase of your six-month placement with Public Works. Please know that we are still here and in support of you and in relationship with you. So I personally believe that our young people need, need us, right? Our young adults need us. They need us to be there in the good times and in the bad, right? And so I always say there is not one pathway, one linear pathway to get to those goals, right? And so Rubicon is invested in being on the walk with young people and with adults. Even when you hit a corner or make a pivot or need to make a U-turn, we don't expect you to be perfect, right? But we want you to stay connected. So we congratulate you on today. We are here with you. And please come see us um, on the other side of this completion. Congratulations. Dr. Dorham Kelly. I would also want to bring up the wonderful young adults who are completing this program today, our very first cohort. Please stand.
Ivan Clark. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Um, I just wanted to say that this was a great opportunity for us to come in and get some experience, some city level experience on working with power tools and, um, you know, just getting some outside experience. Uh, everybody here was really nice and really respectable and they treat you with just as much respect as you treat them. So as long as you go about it nice, they'll come back at you nice. And I really like the fact that this job is more so about teamwork more than you just working alone. Like you might not notice it your first day or like your second day or not, but everybody plays a part. And if you play your part, you know, everything goes right. So Ivan Clark. My name is Donald. Good morning, Donald Dotson. <laughs> uh, this, uh, I want to thank you, Matt, first. You know, because without them, this wouldn't be, you know, here. We wouldn't be right here where we at. And I want to thank Collections and the pu pu uh, Public Works because they taught us everything. Phil, Dietrich, Jason, they was really helpful for us. Really, me, their team, ourselves, they was really helpful. Any even days we didn't want to come to work, they would really help us out and stuff. So I really want to thank them. My name is Reginald Perry. I'd first like to say I'm thankful for not only this program, but the opportunity to work with the team that I have for the past six months. Uh, these skills that I've learned, the information that I've gained, I plan to take forward going through all walks of life as I keep going. I'd like to say I'm thankful for uh, Rubicon for giving me this opportunity, Lamar Thorpe for making it happen, and I'd like to thank the GIS team that helped me and gave me the drive that I once had in college. Thank you again. And I would also like to thank, I know that I spoke briefly about the city staff and about our wonderful Dr. Dorm Kelly, but I could not walk away without thanking the Rubicon staff, both the people that I've contacted almost daily to those that I don't even see, the invisible people doing the supportive HR, finance, you know, contract work. Thank you. Thank you, graduates. Thank you, manager. And thank you, Dr. Durham Kelly, for your remarks as well. Next, I'd like to invite Mayor Lamar Thorpe to the podium for remarks and to present the certificates of recognition to our program participants. Mayor? After the graduates spoke, the mayor directly addressed them. This is an excerpt from what the mayor had to say. All right. Well, I want to say to our graduates, but they're not—they're kind of our graduates. Uh, I want you to know that I, I literally come from absolutely nothing. I come from nothing. Uh, in all of my life, up until this very day, there have been people who have told me that that's not the way it's done. You shouldn't do it that way. You shouldn't do it that way. And my personal favorite, of course, is that's not the right way of going about it. If I had listened to any of those people, I would still have nothing and I would be nothing. So my message for you today is very simple. 
As you leave this program, this opportunity that the city has bestowed upon you for the last few months, go out and break every stupid conventional rule you can find. Because you've already started by defying the odds and being here today. That is so important in what you're about to do. That means you're not allowing someone else to tell your story. And frankly, as we find ourselves here in a post-George Floyd era, there is no stronger form of resistance than telling and defining your own story by people, by you, who knows yourself the best. By you, who knows yourself the best. My story is very simple. In 1981, I was born in prison to a mother who was addicted to heroin. At two days old, I was placed in foster care and raised by parents who immigrated here from Mexico. My parents didn't speak English, so my native language is Spanish. And by the time I got to the fifth grade, I was placed in special education and eventually graduated high school not knowing how to read and write. I joined the United States Navy. Excuse me, I enrolled in community college after high school, but because I couldn't read and write, it was too difficult, so I left. I joined the United States Navy, and while in the Navy, I reunited with my, for the first time with my biological family, including my mother, whom I met the same way she left me, and that was in prison. But you know what? Even with all that, nothing has stopped me, because I'm right here, right now. And today, I'm a proud and decorated eight-year Navy veteran, a graduated of a world-renowned institution of higher education, and that's the George Washington University in Washington, D.C., and I'm your mayor of one of the greatest cities God ever created, and that's the city of Antioch, one of the fastest growing cities and most racially diverse cities in the San Francisco Bay Area. It's been a long and difficult journey, a journey about identity and race, about professional and academic achievement, and a journey about breaking conventional norms. And yet, there's still much more to do. When I graduated high school in 1999, I figured out the importance of building relationships with teachers and how to make people laugh. And that's basically how I graduated high school. And in fairness to me, I was, a pretty, I was pretty funny, especially at making other people laugh and making other people the target of my jokes and impersonations, which Tasha Johnson knows very well. In the end, the real joke was on me when I couldn't do much of anything in community college. When I left the Navy, when I joined the Navy, I joined having, er having earned an ASVAB score. You all took the ASVAB, right, in high school. Some of you did. I earned a score of 31 out of like over 100. So I didn't qualify for any jobs. And as a matter of fact, in my opinion, I was so dumb back then. The Navy said, you can join as an undesignated sailor and you can then figure out what you want to do later. So I figured, okay, I'll figure this out later. But in the meantime, I had to chip rust, chip paint, clean toilets, hang from the side of the ship, clean staterooms and beds and make beds. And I just, I'm t I'm, I want to share with you that those were more of the glamorous jobs that, I, or jobs that I got to do. What was interesting is that there were always people just like those teachers in high school willing to invest their time in me. The captain and the executive officer of my ship thought I was a smart and gifted individual, so they gave me the opportunity 
to get on-the-job training at the ship's legal office with a gentleman named by Lieutenant Don King. Before that, my ship had gone to East Timor, a country that had just gained independence from Indonesia. It was a third world country figuring out its identity and future while still experiencing guerrilla warfare. A few of us on my ship volunteered to go ashore and provide humanitarian support. I was assigned to help rebuild a school that was partially damaged because of guerrilla warfare and separatist groups. And it was interesting because it was that moment doing that is why I'm here today. There I was representing the United States of America, presumably one of the most powerful countries in the world, a country that prides itself in opportunity, a country that prides itself in opportunity. And here I was in the midst of this jungle in East Timor helping rebuild a school and I was struck that this school that had its half its roof blown away, there were little kids who showed up every single day at 6 a.m. ready to learn to read, write, and do math. Even though they knew their lives were at risk every single day, they knew to show up every single day to learn to read, write, and do math. And here I couldn't read and write. So I felt ashamed and embarrassed about what I was representing, about myself. And so that began the process of saying, I need to teach myself how to read and write. And so I did. Because I was committed to ensuring that I represented that, that flag in the best possible way. That I represented the community that I came from in the best possible way the people who used their hands to nourish and carry me up to where I was, that I was representing them in the best possible way. What's happening here with this program with all of you today isn't just some program. This is the city of Antioch wrapping its hands around you, nourishing you, providing for you, and saying we believe in you. And we believe that you have the capacity to do great things. That's what this program represents. It's not just some program. It's the most important program, I hope, that you would have participated in order to continue your progress in life. For those who may not know, this program came out of our frustration with some of our local communities like Sycamore, where we kept sending the police to solve all of our problems. And we said, this isn't working because the same people are still at these same corners doing the exact same thing even when they come out of jail. And so we decided to invest in a different way, to find young people out there at some of these corners and say, come join us. You can get an opportunity here in our city to build the skills that you need to go on in life. And I hope, not I hope, I'm calling on my colleagues that we continue to fund this program and not only fund it for public works, but expand the program to the police department, expand the program to parks and recreation and a host of other departments in our city because it's so critically important, not just to provide opportunity, but those are real solutions to violence in our community. Those are the solutions that reduce crime in our community by investing in our young people and giving them hope for, for a uh, different tomorrow. 
thank you very much everybody for your time. I will be presenting these certificates to all of our participants and I'm going to ask our public works department to join me up here as we present the certificates. After the presentation of the certificates, the crowd moved across the street to Waldy Plaza in downtown Antioch. And I had a chance to catch up with a couple of the graduates as well as Mayor Thorpe. All right, Freewell and Franklin here, uh, downtown Antioch. And I just attended the graduation ceremony, the first cohort of the Mayor's Apprenticeship Program. And I'm here with one of the uh, graduates today. Can you tell me your name? Reginald Perry. Reginald Perry. Uh, congratulations, first of all, Reginald. Thank you. And um, I just kind of want to know your experience with um, what it was like. Um, what was it? What was it like just to get into this program and start working with the city uh, public works? Uh, it was actually very interesting, especially since I've never actually worked with the city before. And the uh, position I applied for, which was GIS, was exactly what I wanted. So it was exciting, honestly. And uh, what is GIS for people like me that don't know? <laughs> Geographic Information Systems. Uh, we pretty much go around the city. We locate everything that needs to be there. Like if you've seen like a stop sign that's been graffitied, if you see a street light that's out, or if you see something that's like, say a broken water main, we have to go out, we find that, we put it into computers, and then Public Works actually goes and takes care of that. All right. Well, tell me about like one thing in particular that stuck out to you when you had to go out and uh, do something or locate something. Uh, what's one memorable job that you, you got put in to do? Mm. So I've gone around the entire city, never have done that before. So it was actually pretty interesting to see city of Antioch, all of it for once. And uh, I'd have to say that the most interesting job that I've been put on was my first couple digitizing jobs, making maps for uh, Verizon, because uh, downtown Antioch, not the best service apparently. And uh, making a Costco map, they're apparently making a Costco over on was it Lone Tree Way and uh, Haydorn Ranch Road? So, you know, hope they look forward to using those maps that I created. All right, so you were mapping out um, plots and areas and stuff? Yes. All right. And um, what about you? Are you looking forward to trying to stick with the city and to apply for the job? It sounded like you said you applied, or um, what are you looking forward to doing in the future with the skills that, that you just gained? I plan to look for another job at least similar to what I've currently been doing. This was an internship. So, uh, you know, I'm going to be looking for that. My main goal, however, is, you know, going back to college, getting some more experience with coding, uh, computer technology, and using that towards my uh, further dream job, which is uh, creating my own company. And like I said to the other two people who interviewed me, watch out, Apple, I'm coming for you. All right, all right, that sounds good. And um, I don't know if you shared much of your personal story or what life was like before the program, but if you can, tell me like what were you doing before that you got into the apprenticeship program? Because I do that the program's designed to reach out to community that may be in need. What, were, what was your life like before the program and has it changed a lot or a little? Honestly, it's changed a good portion. Uh, honestly, what I was doing before and then was not exactly the best. You know, I was coming off the streets, uh, had uh, been in jail not too long ago. So I had a probation officer, which is how I found this opportunity. Great thing, honestly, you know, because 24 years of a hard life and, you know, having done nothing only to end up in such a negative situation at the random. Well, 
this opportunity is a great change of pace, I must say. All right, well, again, congratulations. Is there any words of advice you want to get the folks uh, that may be in a similar situation you just described, not really progressed, kind of stuck in a, a spot they don't want to be? You know, what's your words of encouragement to folks out there, you know, that just might be doing the same thing you were? My words of encouragement are to you that it is possible. It's not exactly what you know, it's who you know. And uh, you got to get out there. There's so many opportunities out there. And don't just let yourself get down and just stuck in a rut. You can't just do nothing. If you keep working towards it, you will keep going forward. Right on. And uh, would you recommend anybody that could get into the mayor's apprenticeship program to try that? Oh, yeah, I would most certainly recommend it. You know, the cohort is always looking for new and enthusiastic people who are trying to go forward in life, you know, energetic, you know, dedicated to what they're doing, trying to make a change in their lives. All right, again, thank you, uh, Reginald. Yes, Reginald. And uh, congratulations. Thank you. All right, this is Free Will and Franklin. I'm out here at the first graduation of the first cohort of the Mayor's Apprenticeship Program. Uh, why don't you just tell me your name real quick? Jamar Walker. Jamar, how was, um, how was this going through the training program, and, uh, you know, what was it like for you? It was really pretty excellent because... I learned, I learned that I could do this stuff at home, working with my hands, make extra more money, and I really like the environment around the job, good, good, um, excellent work partners, everybody I work with, getting the job done fast, quick, and I just like how, to, how they operate around the job. Well, tell me about, like, what was one job that sticks out to you that you all had to go out and do some work? I say when we had to go to this one creek, and it was long. It was long. It's long, like 100, 100 yards. I thought we wasn't going to get it done by the day. We got it done in two hours. What were you guys doing? Weed whacking, cutting weeds. Okay. And I, I just can't believe we got it done that quick. That's for real. And what about you? Are you um, looking to apply for one of the jobs in the future with the city of Antioch on the public works? Yes. Okay. Like six months, another six months, I apply. And. I guess on a personal level, what was it like to transition? Um, I don't know your your personal life, what you're doing, but you want to share us of what your life was like before you got into the apprenticeship program. Like, was, what were you doing and I, hanging out? I was basically just going. I was going job to job. I was trying to find me a permanent job, but job, some of my jobs, I was it wasn't in the same city. It'd be in Fremont, so you know, some it'd be time time to get the hard time getting to work. Or I'd be late, try to get fired, so I was just trying to find a job in my city so I can like be permanent, just be secure when I'm at work. All right, so being close to home, no commute, that's all great. Yes, yep, yep. All right. All right, well thanks again, JT, for speaking with us and congratulations today. Thank you. All right, this is Free Will and Franklin. We're um, we're wrapping up the graduation ceremony. Everybody's kinda hanging out and doing their thing. And I'm joined by uh, Mayor Lamar Thorpe here to talk a little bit about the Mayor's Apprenticeship Program. Uh, congratulations on graduating your first group today. Well, I'm very excited, and thanks for being here with us, Frank. Um, well, tell me about the program. Um, I heard you just overheard you talking to somebody here that you needed to try something new. Tell me about um, why you developed this Mayor's Apprenticeship Program and the idea behind it. Well, I think you were at the press conference we had at Sycamore, and you know we were having challenges in that corridor. And obviously there are other corridors similar. And we decided, well, we can either keep doing what we've been doing, which is sending the police and then arresting people. But the, the, the reality is we're not gonna arrest our way out of these problems. 
And so, you know, when I talked to young people out there, they talked about some of the challenges that they're experiencing with finding employment. And I thought, you know, why don't we just break down those barriers, give them the opportunity to have on-the-job training here in the city while providing them with the wraparound services that they need to deal with some of the challenges that they experience. We're talking about people who, uh, in some instances, don't know how to show up for a job on time, you know, personal grooming standards, don't have them. And so that's how basic we get. And, uh, and so then we're setting them up for success in other apprenticeship programs, like with the building trades, the public services has a great uh, apprentice program now, uh, and, and so on and so on. So we're kind of, we're, I, I, I would model this as kind of a, a pre-apprenticeship program or even a pre-employment program for people who want to now then funnel into the public works department. And how did this first um, rollout go? I understand, you know, as anything new, there might be some bumps in the road or, you know, just actually dealing with folks from the community, things may or may not go well. How did um, your first go around go and, um, you know, what was real notable to you? I think it went great. What was notable to me is that none of these programs work unless you have the infrastructure to support them. And so we've now built the Office of Public Safety and Community Resources. They support the infrastructure to run this program and other future programs similar to this. So remember, I announced this in March of 2022, and we launched it this year. And so it took over a little over a year to get off the ground, but that's because we lacked the infrastructure. So those are the only bumps, I think, uh, that, that we worked out, obviously. Uh, and then moving forward, you do this once, and then you do it a second time, and you work out internal kinks. Um, but for, for now, overall, it was a huge success. And um, any words from the, the fellows in Public Works on how it went for them? Did They were out on the job helping out, and you know, what did you hear back from the department? They loved it. They thought it was a great program, and I've listened to them talk now, and they emphasize the importance of having you know, an entry point into Public Works and how this helps that uh, happen. Uh, instead of recruiting random people that they've never known, they can actually hire people who they've worked side by side with, they can trust, who they've helped train, and now have them fill positions that they that they otherwise would be relying on somebody from completely outside who you know they may not gel with right and then one thing you mentioned was opening this up to other departments parks and rec the police department um how do you see that happening is that going to happen in the the next cohort and considering what we're going through here as a city with the antioch police department would that be um like before or after the investigation is completed by the doj and fbi well, as you know, everything, just because I say it should happen doesn't mean it's going to happen. Uh, but I do hope council, not even, before we even get to the expansion, I hope we only, we only funded it for two cohorts. So we're in our second cohort now. So I hope the council's willing to, uh, I'm going to urge the council to continue to fund it moving forward and expand it. I do think it can fit in other areas. In terms of the, what's happening at the police department, I think, you know, we'll sort through all that as we are. And uh, that doesn't impact whether or not we should have opportunities for people to work in our departments, including the police department. And what are you feeling from your uh, fellow uh, council members? Are they looking like they would want to support something like this? I noticed uh, a couple of them out here today. Well, you'd have to ask them. If I recall, I think this program passed three, two, so it was nice to see people who didn't support it here. Okay. All right, well, congratulations, Mayor, on uh, your program, the graduation today, and um, looks like a fine group of fellows that are, and I understand there's a couple women in the program that weren't here today, but it looks like a fine group of folks um, that were uh, graduated today, so congratulations. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
All right, this is Preble and Franklin, and that was my sound from the graduation from the first cohort of the Mayor's Apprenticeship Program held at City Hall and Waldy Plaza in downtown Antioch. If you know someone who may be interested in applying for the Mayor's Apprenticeship Program here in Antioch, you can head over to the city website, and I'll have a link on our website, KPFA apprentice.org just after the show tonight. I'll also post a link to Rubicon programs who help uh, formerly incarcerated people and people struggling um, to look for employment. And they also partnered with the city of Antioch on the mayor's apprenticeship program. And that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Remember to check out that website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show tonight for pictures and important links and information related to tonight's show. Shout out to the Full Circle crew, Miss M, the executive director, and me, of course, Freewell and Franklin. I have been your host tonight. I'm also the technical director for this show, Full Circle. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, while you're out there, to please protect your health and also your humanity. And stay tuned to KPFA. Up next is La Onda Bajita. Good night, everyone.